Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Never Open Podcast, the podcast open to everyone, especially Mike Judge, who made me very happy very recently. My name's Luke. I am your host of the Never Open Podcast, and with me, as always, is my producer extraordinaire and co-host, Mr. Andy Guy uh, Supreme. Say hello. Yikes. Well, right now, Luke, I don't want to be anything to do with anything called Supreme, but uh, I definitely want to talk about Forbidden Door, because Forbidden Door is something we've been like thinking about talking about for a long time. So I think this is going to be a great episode to kind of like, and I'm assuming we'll have different listeners maybe uh, than typical. So welcome any new listeners. Uh, Luke, tell them who we are. All right. So, yes, we are the Never Ever Podcast. We're generally a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast. We usually just cover New Japan Pro Wrestling with a bit of other and maybe some other Japanese wrestling mixed in and maybe some AEW if it's applicable, if anything New japan happens in it. And Highlander. And Highlander, of course, and maybe the other bit of uh, Star Trek. So uh, expect some of that, too. We swear as well, so be aware of that. And if you like what you hear and you want to contact us, you can do that. We're... Uh, contactable voice emails and written emails neveropenpod at gmail.com and we're interactable over at the tweety yeah that's how it works uh i am at grumpy2eb mr guy is at drews for tweets and collectively we are at neveropenpod we also have a teespring we also have a teespring store where you can buy our merch and look never as fuck so yes do those things but you know listening to shows okay too yeah, well, welcome everyone. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm I'm interested to talk about this, Luke. There's a lot going on though. Where do you want to start? Oh my goodness. All right. Uh, the buy-in for Forbidden Door, I guess. Uh, did we have any notes to talk about before Forbidden Door that isn't related to Forbidden Door? Correct. Yeah, there's some news. You know, some exciting news, and that is, uh, you know, that. I've heard that Tokyo Joshi Pro is advertising that cheering returns to their promotion in July 31st, meaning cheering vocally. If you don't know, you know, Japanese crowds have not been able to cheer vocally, which they've agreed to not do it. And for the most part, they haven't to help, you know, keep the spread of COVID down in their country. And there's very strict rules in place, et cetera. So this is one of those rules that is going away for them soon. So maybe it's going away for New Japan soon, too. I really hope so. That's further proof that the Joshis are the toughest motherfuckers in Japan. They're like, we're gonna we're gonna get fan cheering first, and uh, all the other guys gotta catch up. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and Luke, I can't believe you don't know about this because uh, you loved GBH, which is uh, you know Togi Makabe and uh, Mr. Hanma Han Mania oh, yeah. running wild, brother, and you loved their last commercial, mm. which was for Sega. Where yes. Hanma got pinned by Tiger Mask, I think. And uh, it, they filmed another commercial, Luke. And this one's, I'm not sure what the product is, but I, I you know, from the uh, like stills that I saw from the set, it looks like they're on a beach, you know? So that's kind of oh, wow. Is yeah. it still a, a Sega related thing? Or? I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's something to do with being on a beach. Right. Okay, sounds extreme. I guess uh, GBH does what nin- Nintendo. No? You don't remember that old Sega commercial? Never mind. Oh, what Nintendo. I remember. Yeah. Thank you. Genesis does what. Yeah. Never mind. Very good. 
<sighs> that's that's okay. It's, it was a grower, not a not a shower. That's all right. It happens. Any what other was your news? Experience? Yes. No, no other news that I have. But what, I want to know, like, what was your experience like watching Forbidden Door? As far as like, how did you watch it? All right. Well, I watched it at home uh, by myself. Uh, Charity was working, oh. and uh, I got a mate of mine that really loves watching AEW. Watches every week, and we usually watch the pay per views together. But uh, his his missus is expected to give birth any day now. And I think she's at the hospital now. She was yesterday. She still is. So, yeah, you know. So I watched it all by myself, and you I had, had a good time. That's it. I had. I was on the never open Tweety, and everyone was keeping me company. It was a good time. And what you time can tell. Of the day was it for you? <laughs> all right. So you're gonna laugh here. Sometimes I'll stuff up the, the times, and you know, th- this time was no exception. Because I, I looked at the schedule for this show on the New Japan World site. So I was ready for this show an hour before it actually started. Uh, and I mean the pre-show as well. So I woke up at like 6.30 in the morning thinking, this, oh, it's going to start at 7. we got to get ready. No, it didn't start till 9. And the show didn't start till 10. So I was like, fucking got up early for nothing. And then by the, by, the, by the time I found out, I was already caffeined up and all that kind of stupid shit. So I, was, I wasn't going back to sleep. Yeah, I'm a big dum-dum. But... Mr. Andy, tell me about your viewing experience of The Forbidden Door. Well, first of all, I just want to mention that, haha, you had to get up early for once. (laughs) Wasn't even that that early, you know what I mean? Usually I'm up at 5.30 to watch fucking New Japan. Anyway, but uh, yeah, I decided to do something a little different for this. Um, The local movie theater that uh, actually me and my buddy John go to quite frequently uh, from the Road Home from Wrestling podcast, we decided to get tickets to it. They show AEW pay-per-views. And like as soon as this got announced, I was like, hmm, I wonder if they're going to show it there. And they did. And Luke, um, I'm assuming that you paid full price for the uh, pay-per-view. And I'm sorry. I hope it was worth it. We'll find out if you thought so. But uh, guess how much I paid? How many dollar dues did I pay for my ticket to see this show? Ten bucks? Almost twelve dollar dues. That's pretty sweet. (laughs) That was Um, awesome. I bought it on the Fight app, and I was like, "Oh, this doesn't look as expensive as the other ones. How much is this in Aussie dollar dues? Oh, it's only twenty three bucks. Okay, cool. Nice. So uh, I couldn't complain too much about that. Um, Which is, you know, it's it's a cheaper show and pretty solid stuff too. So, how was the how's the theater? Was it packed? Yeah. Like no, no. So we, when I first checked to see how many people had bought a ticket, there was like two other tickets bought. And I was like, oh, fuck, we better get the tickets. So it's, you know, it might fill up. Well, guess how many people were there? Just those fucking other two people, right? So the only problem that we had is that the experience was kind of like we were kind of forgotten about because like we had to go complain to get them to start the buy-in, which we weren't even sure was going to be on. You know, we were starting to watch yeah. it on our phones, and then eventually we went and bitched, and they turned it on. Also, the volume was really low, which is like, it's a fucking movie theater. Come on, man. So we asked them like four times to turn the volume up. They never did. And then I had to go bitch at them to get them to start the actual pay-per-view. So that was kind of annoying, and it was hot in there. But other than that, it was a kind of a cool deal because I brought beef jerky, and we bought all these, like, snacks, and me and John just fucking, like, laid on these these – you know, 
chairs like it was our couch at home and we just had these other two marks to deal with and one of them if you had if you had been with us you would have uh, shared a few smiles with some of the stuff that he had to say but uh you know that we like walked in and the guy's like hey do you think orange cassidy's gonna win and we're like what who are you <laughs> so he kept asking those questions like that it was uh, he was very excited he's wrestling a guy with two titles no he's losing well, as you know, reason was not going to come in the conversation. I was trying to keep it to a minimum, but uh, me and John right. had a blast. Thank you for asking. I recommend going and seeing a, uh, you know, pay-per-view in a movie theater, especially if you could get them to fucking turn it up, because that's the only problem, you know, because we heard everything everybody else was saying. They heard everything we were saying, and sometimes we we're making fun of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Also. Uh, do you have any uh, details about the United Center? Oh, not really. We've already covered this place. You know, the Capital Collision. Windy City Riot was there. That's what it was called, you know. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, but I, I do have a couple gripes with this pay-per-view, Luke. And I just want to get them out of the way. You know what I mean? Before, yeah. because I have a lot of great things to say about this. This was not... I, I am going to say that I think I like this a little less than what I'm seeing everybody else like it, but I did very much enjoy the show. So don't get that, you know, cross, but um, I did have a couple issues with, I think you'll agree with most of these. My, my first gripe is that there were no new Japan refs, right? Yes. There was, like, was the guys, there was the guys from the dojo. We did not have referee Marty Sami. I was hoping he would come out and I would have been, massive pop that would have been awesome but no massive bump from us too <laughs> right and no one else but i think that you know people would have appreciated red shoes showing up obviously but like yeah. you know that's a part of new japan is these refs and so it's just kind of like that made it feel like it wasn't new japan right so that's one thing uh the other thing is is that um a lot of camera cuts i mean ugh. I was gonna throw up, man. All the camera cuts, and and there was like there was like camera cuts where you could tell that the camera guy is on somebody for a certain reason. They know there's a spot coming, but they can't wait, and so they cut back to something else. Then they cut right back to that cut, and it's like, oh my god, why? Just hold it. So if you're out there and you watch New Japan and you've never noticed before, they rarely they don't cut the camera a thousand times like every other wrestling company, and it is wonderful, wonderful. You can tell what's going on. So. Um, that was one issue I had. And then the other issue that I had is that I don't think this happened. If it did, somebody correct me. But I don't believe that anybody, any of the announcers, ever explained the differences between New Japan and AEW in the rules. You know, I don't believe that it was ever covered until it was happening in a match. And they're like, oh, well, which rules are we going with here? <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Um, the count out, you know, difference, obviously. And then, you know, what's the difference in the styles and things like that? Although I do have to say I did tone, tune out the uh, commentary quite a bit because it was kind of quiet and I couldn't hear it that well. And I don't really listen to it that much anyway. But uh, well, I'm going to say I don't I don't write notes about the commentators unless they do something that's like fucking Kozlov level stupid. <laughs> and I didn't really hear anything like that. So I didn't really take any notes on it. I will say, though, I liked the commentary in the first half of the show a lot better than the second half because yeah. the second half has JR in it. And I was happy when it was just fucking Excalibur, Taz, 
and Kevin Kelly with a bit of um, Caprice Coleman and Tony Schiavone thrown in, depending on the match. So I liked those <clears throat> those gentlemen all doing the commentary and stuff. And uh, Jim Ross doesn't really add anything for me there, there, there at all. He just says weirdest shit, you know? And I, I apparently there's someone who's rubbing his leg, and it's like the funniest thing in the world to these guys. It's like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Why is wrestling was good though? <laughs> yeah, the wrestling's great, but yeah. Um, see, I really love Tony Schiavone, the older Tony Schiavone, on commentary more than I probably did younger Tony Schiavone. But uh, Jr. I liked him better when in the you know in the nineties, I guess. So yeah, never, never, never. Yeah, that's fair. All right. See, my my favorite was kind of Mike Tanay because he he kind of taught me the names for so many wrestling moves. Thank He's you. He's a professor, man. Damn yeah. straight he is. Yeah, he taught me a lot. But anyway. <clears throat> All right, so should we talk much about the buy-in? There's, yeah. some, there's a couple of good matches on it. There's a couple of things we're talking about. Luke, we're covering one show today. One we're show. all the damn show. The whole all fucking right. thing. Even the match that Kodo's in. All right, well, good thing for you. It's the start of the buy-in. And uh, my first tweet, I guess, was uh, <laughs> Mr. Guy is going for QT. So uh, it's a QT Marshall and Aaron Solo. Hey, I, I got his name this time. It's Aaron Solo, everyone. Uh, I tend to forget Aaron Solo's name. Uh, I did not this time. Did not. Versus Team Bishamon, which is Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto. Notice the crowd going nuts for the war drums. I'm like, wow, is chaos over in America? Like, what is this? This is scaring me. I was worried about the crowd at that point. I was like, are they that stupid? Like, are we in trouble here? You know, that they're going to fall for that. But the crowd was fucking unbelievably uh, good. And I have some notes about the crowd, too. Yeah. We'll talk about later. But, and uh, this is like the first time Japanese wrestlers have, you know, on a major show, I will say, have gotten to be like cheered for and shit like that. It's true. So the crowd hates uh, QT Marshall so much that... They go nuts for the Bishamon boys, which is which is good for them. It's a nice little start. I'm happy they got a little pop. You you were hoping they got booed the whole time, but they didn't. There's a Shoto on QT for the win. I expected them to pin Aaron Solo, but no, QT eats the eats the pin here. It was fun. It was a nice it was a nice little start. Well, my my uh, note says that Goto pins the solo guy. So oh really? I think, I think that's actually what happened, Luke. I think you were. You I like were, my uh, version better. I mean, yeah. I don't know either way, but uh, I was surprised by QT Marshall like doing all the flippy flops. It's kind of funny. Like I kind of like him. Imagine <laughs> like him on the indies like doing that. That would be amazing. That would be pretty funny because he gets he'd be like that that bad guy that's like, you know, you you bring your friend to wrestling. Oh, this guy's fucking awesome. <laughs> He's just ridiculous. He was doing all kinds of flippy shit. It was like, and he's doing it slow and boring, and it's like, yeah, okay, I dig this. So I thought he was pretty cool, and I like to see him punch Goto in the face. Yeah, he was doing a little bit of the uh, Mick Foley and ECW shtick. It was funny. Yeah, and you know, Yoshihashi, I noticed. I was trying to like tell John about some of these guys. He's like, who the fuck are these guys? And he's, and I was telling him about Yoshihashi, about how he screams all the time, and he was. He wasn't doing the screaming. And I'm like, Yoshihashi, you're making me look like an asshole here. You know? Yeah. I'm the expert, John. Listen to me. 
and then it doesn't happen, and, and John looks at you and like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, do you? <laughs> yeah, he, he just walked out of here. Oh, my goodness. There's another reason not to listen to your show, Mr. Andy. All right. <clears throat> <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. That's okay. But next we've got Lance Archer versus Nick Comorado. So Nick Comorado is also in QT's little uh, training group. This is funny. Like, Nick Comorado's in the ring. He's just waiting in there. And then you got... <laughs> Then you've got like Lance Archer's music plays. Everybody dies, and yeah, he does. Because as soon as he gets into the ring, he kind of like drapes one leg over and then like bounces into the ring and just cannonballs himself straight at Nick Comorado. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you got a G1 in a month? What are you doing? But I did appreciate that. But man, he did almost land on his. Freaking head. Archer's also rocking a red Suzuki Goon top, which I thought was pretty damn sweet. And my my one complaint for this match is, look, Nakamurado, I know you're a big dude, but you're kind of jobbery, so you're getting way too much offense in my Archer match. <laughs> so I there is that, uh, especially since he's in the G1. Come on. Archer does a moonsault as well, but the moonsault is, all the murder salt, I should say, is, is a little better than his cannonball uh there's a bla- assisted blackout on the top rope and there you go that was nice oh my god Luke, the finish of this match yeah. is so funny because like archer's got uh camarado big guy whatever up on the ropes but his legs are on the outside and they need to be on the inside or something or the other way around to do the blackout and so like lance walks up to him like he's gonna do the move then he looks down it's like fuck and just turns around and then comes back and moves his legs in the right spot and then does the move. And it's like, oh. <laughs> Got to punch him in the face a few times first. Maybe club him oh, in the chest. That was pretty funny. Um, And him, like, tr- why was he, why are you doing, like, a fucking forward senton roll through the ropes into the ring at that height? I, I just don't, I mean, cool, but, like, <laughs> I think he'll be doing that in Japan. I hope not. Um, yeah, we but, pulled uh, some of it out in Japan. Not all of it, but some. But I don't want him to pull all of this out before Japan because I want no. him to be in Japan. <laughs> this match had me a little worried, too, because this was, I, you know, listen, this was not bad by any means. But this was probably one of the worst matches on the show as far as, like, you know, match quality or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, so I was a little worried here, you know, but... Uh, the next match is like, okay, but here's something that I found interesting is so my buddy, John, who was sitting next to me, he's very critical and he is talking all about how he's got a problem with all these moves going on. And he's, he's like, why are we doing all these moves on the pre-show? I'm like, oh, you got a point, John, why are we doing every move? And then, you know, Kenamaru <laughs> and Desperado and uh, these other two guys fucking come out and do every move there is. <laughs> yes, they do. In John fact, this well, this is a pre-show match. Sometimes you see a pre-show match and just like, all right, if I if I wasn't already getting getting the show, I, I might get it now. By the way, I've never done that. If I'm not watching, if I'm not ordering the show, I'm not watching the pre-show. That's the end of it. Wrestling companies, hear me, hear me right now. If I'm not watching the pay-per-view, I'm not watching your fucking pre-show. I've never heard anybody be like, hey, you watching WrestleMania on Sunday? Like, well, you know, I'm going to turn the pre-show on and we'll, we'll see what happens. You know? Yeah, what? exactly never right. Heard of that. Never heard of that. No. If anyone listening has done that, please, well, 
obviously email us and go, you're wrong. Uh, we, mm-hmm. I, you know, you're dumb. I done it. So, you know, tell us. Anyway, we've got Yoshinobu Katamaru and El Desperado versus uh, Swerve and Swerve Strickland and Kuthley. Swerve being one of my favorite Lucha Underground wrestlers, the uh, the amazing kill shot. So I've loved seeing him in, in AEW. Uh, this match is awesome. It's just fucking awesome. Not only, like, you, you know that Despi and Kanemaru will be able to work with Swerve, but how are they going to work with the big guy? Well, they work with Fale and big guys all the time. This is just super fun. Kanemaru is like super cartoony when going for the big man stuff with Keith Lee. It is amazing. It's exactly what you want. He's like, he's very expressive. He knows he's going to get clobbered unless he moves out of the way or goes for the leg. And that's what they do. Hey, John gets a, a preview as to what a junior match is like in New Japan because right. it's fuck your leg, Keith Lee. Not so much Swerve, but more mostly Keith Lee, I guess, because he's the big dude. <laughs> Man, like. Uh, it's like Katamaru actually gets a figure four on Keith Lee, and then Keith Lee, <laughs> the way and the way Keith Lee just gets out of it, he grabs uh, he grabs Desperado and just throws him at Katamaru, which breaks the hold. Really fun big man stuff. It's not it's not so big man that he's like over dominating the other two guys. He's working with them really well. It's just it's so much. It's just super fun. The end is great, right? You got a whiskey spit by Katamaru into Keith Lee's eyes. And uh, he, but he kicks out. Then Swerve takes out Despy with this really cool move. So De- El Desperado kind of like gets kicked out of the ring, but his feet hook onto the bottom ropes. And so Swerve like jumps over the ropes and double stomps him out and takes him out. And then, you know, the limitless slam by Keith Lee on Yoshinobu Kanemaru. And it was awesome. The El Desperado swerve shit was fantastic as well. I really like the fun big man, little man, Kanemaru, Keith Lee stuff too. This was super fun. I loved it. It should have been on the main show. It would have fit in <laughs> right really well, wouldn't it? Yeah, this is the pre-show main event here too. So, I mean, that's like, that's the big time. So, yeah. Kanemaru and Desperado are like, oh, brother, we're going to do it. And Good Lord, you you kind of hit it already, but just the way that Keith Lee was able to work with both these smaller guys and sometimes both of them at the same time and really good shit. Like that would be a great triple threat match where it was just those three, you know, all those. Yeah, I'm really not saying was. Swerve didn't contribute. He was he melded in there perfectly. He's one of my favorite wrestlers ever. Like, I love that dude. I used to see him on the Indies all the time and. Man, he was always one of my favorites. No one bumps harder than him. And so, like, watching him in this situation was just fantastic where, like, he got – he has these really cool, like, calf kicks and stuff like that. And he got, like, that spot in a big moment where he – I think he actually jumped off of uh, Keith Lee's back and did that move and kicked, like, someone in the face, probably Kanemaru. But, like, the New Japan guys were bumping all over the place all night. I mean, yep. we'll talk about it. Great Khan. I can't wait to talk about him. But, like, everybody is bumping all over the place. So everything looks amazing. That double stomp thing at the end was incredible. And, you know, I think the right team, you know, won here. It makes sense. They're yep. both – it's basically heavyweights versus juniors here. And um, I don't know. I thought this was awesome. I was, I was like, all right, now we're talking. This is what I want from Forbidden Door, this thing. You know, some people watch wrestling and they're like, oh, this little guy's got no chance against the big guy. Well, yeah, 
So let's see how they try to survive the big guy. Right. And you yeah. get a match like this. Like, come on, man. So, yeah. No, I really like it. There's a Hobbs, a, 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 a Will Hobbs, Ricky Starks promo, but that's got nothing to do with us, so I'm going to skip that. Every uh, time something like that happens on these shows or on the show tonight, the crowd's like, what? <clears throat> Every single time there's, like, some promo or something, the crowd does not give a fuck. Yeah. And I, I'm with them. So let's uh, just cut to a match that is really fucking stupid dumb, uh, and I don't like it, uh, even though I like a lot of the people involved in it, and it's probably not oh, their fault. Yeah. But we've got the acclaimed and the Ass Boys versus the DKC, Kevin Knight, Alex C, and Yu Uemura. All right, so before the match starts, all right, you've got the Ass Boys fucking up the intro like they always do, and then you've got Danhausen luring the stupid Ass Boys away with... Uh, some kind of video Titantron thing. So it ends up being just Max Caster and Billy Gunn versus DKC, Kevin Knight, Alex Hov, Alex C. And the Yuko Android! And look, uh, this made me laugh though. The Andro- uh, the LA Dojo boys don't give a fuck that the other guys are understaffed and just attack them. So, awesome. Uh, look, it's two on four, and Billy and Max just still win. The Ass Boys don't even come out. Like, are you serious? You've got a team with Alex C on the fucking list. He could have suplexed the shit out of both of them. He does. Like, yeah, but I guess wasn't especially after the last match. Just to make like the the four young lions look a bit jobbery as fuck. I, I didn't like it, but mic drop by Max Caster on I don't know. Let's just say the DKC because if it was on it you, was. I'd be pissed off. No, it was on DKC. You're right. Yeah. This is a match, and I take back what I said about Lance Archer versus Factory Guy. I think this is my least favorite match on the show for sure. Yep. But you know why, Luke? You know why I don't like this match? There's two reasons. One is because the fucking Android debuts, <laughs> and he doesn't wear the fucking Android shit. Yeah, that made me mad. All right? Come on. And, you know, <laughs> I just... This, whatever this gimmick is of the rapping guy, I know people love it. Oof. Woof. I don't know, man. That was, that was not good. I've know, heard, I've heard a opinion. lot of people who have seen, like, Max Caster for the first time be like, I don't know about this guy. And, and <laughs> a few weeks later, they've seen him do it a few more times. They're like, you know what? Yeah, he's all right. Uh, I really like him, though, but uh, that, that's fair enough. I, I greatest wrestler that's ever lived i just oof, that was a rough one and you know that's just one show i'm just telling you what i think luke take it easy you know no um i am calm ah. calmer than you are <laughs> it's fucking john goodman me how dare you uh all right so now that we've done the pre-show or the buy-in what the fuck they call it it's all jargon we have forbidden door and man, I like the show a lot. Uh, in fact, chop off two matches in the uh, the pre-show, and this is pretty much pretty dope overall. Oh, so this is the main show. I thought the LA Dojo match was the main show, but I'm oh. probably wrong. Yeah, no, no, so. no, 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 no. You, you. Okay, so the fucking do- the LA Dojo match was the pre-show main event. Yeah, Damn. that's they even worse, show- isn't it? Man, they got fucking shown up by Canemara Desperado Swerve. <laughs> shown up. Damn. Yeah, and then... That had to hurt. 
That's right. And then Suzuki, Suzuki was at backstage as well, so they probably got really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start it off with a really cool six-man tag team match. It's Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minaro Suzuki versus Shooter Umino, Eddie Kingston, and Willie Uta. Now, we said it on the show, and I saw even Jay on the tweet, and some people here and there going, like, the Jericho Appreciation Society teaming with Suzuki sounds really stupid. Kevin Kelly gives us an in-storyline thing in one sentence that makes perfect sense. And it was pretty much to the effect of, well, when Suzuki heard that uh, he'd get a chance to beat up Eddie Kingston, he said yes. There you go, done. <laughs> he just wants to beat up Eddie Kingston. That's all you need to say. Not money, not any of that stuff. He just wants to hurt people. Thank you, Kevin. Kevin is an absolute delight, and there's there's yeah. no surprise that he mixes well with pretty much everyone on commentary because he has probably worked with them all at various points in his career. So I'll point. I bet he loved that too because, like, for once, he's not the you know, the guy driving the ship, he's just kind of like, yeah, I'll be over here. Let me know when you need me. You know, that's pretty a little easier. And uh, now, did you see this video footage that they show? They show some video footage to set up this match. And um, I was really happy to see this. It was the Jericho putting Shooter Umino in the fucking brab right in front of <laughs> Uno. Yeah. It's like, so that had happened at Wrestle Kingdom. And... Umina, I think that's where it was, but Shoulder Umina, he had like been just, he's just a young lion. He's just standing there. And Jericho's like, dude, come here. Just fucking puts him in the brab and he's just yelling at Red Shoes. You like that? You like that, Uno? And shit. <laughs> that was one of my favorite things that Jericho did in Japan. That was so funny. And so the fact that they remembered that and then they brought it back and actually showed the footage just to let everybody know that that's part of the story of this match. That was fantastic. And it worked out great. Yep. So I know you don't care about this, but the winner, uh, this this pretty much telegraphed the winner, mind you, the people being in the match also telegraphed the winner to me. But uh, the winner of this team, uh, the, the winning team in this match gets the advantage in Blood and Guts. I don't know if you know what Blood and Guts is, Mr. Andy. It's pretty much war games. Uh, hmm. So and who usually gets the advantage in war games? Uh, the heels. That yes. Answer. Yeah, otherwise it's just like it doesn't make sense. So, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, that's that's the stipulation for this match. I thought this match was gnarly and everyone gets like a chance to shine and do some pretty cool shit. I like seeing Eddie Kingston and Minari Suzuki killing each other. It's fucking awesome. They have like this big chop fight. They've got totally different styles of chops as well. So I'll, I, I, I like that in a chop fight, actually. I don't mind if they do the same ones, but you know, Suzuki's got the overhand and... Uh, Eddie Kingston's got the backhand chop. I really like that shit. It's pretty cool. There's so many cool spots and moments like Shooter gets almost gets the, the job done even after getting hit with a bat to the back. Like uh, Shooter's running wild. The crowd's going pretty nuts for him. I like that a lot. Yeah, this crowd ruled. Oh, it, it really did. Uh, there's a got on Kingston that pretty much takes him out. Uh, Wheeler gets taken out, and there's a Judas effect on Shooter for the win. But I, it's one of those tag matches where nobody loses anything by you know losing this match. Everyone got a chance to look pretty damn good, and hopefully there's more between uh, Shooter and Jericho in the future. All I cared about, I'm watching this match. Yeah, I want to see Eddie Kingston and Suzuki go at it, of course. But you know, I've seen stuff like that before. Um, 
I want to see Shooter put fucking Jericho in the brab. That's all I wanted to see. Like the whole match, I'm like, I'm like elbowing John the ribs. He's gonna do it. He's gonna ah, oh, you know, like the whole match. That's all I wanted. And eventually he does get to do it. So that was great. Um, that made me really, really happy. Um, oh yeah. And and also like he really shined in this match, and the crowd was chant his name and like that that John Moxley rub fucking works. And then when you can back it up with tremendous pro wrestling, like. All of his moves, we've talked about it before, how he's he's very much like Tanahashi, how he looks, but he's also like that in how he wrestles. Like, all of his moves look like not like anyone else when they do it. It's just a little different. It's just a little more shine on it, you know, and it's a little more pretty than I've ever seen it. And that's something special. I think they got something with him. We've been uh, big proponents of him as he's uh, kind of making his way back to japan at some yeah. point hopefully but he looked amazing i'm sad that he got pinned but that's the right move and like you said maybe there'll be more between these two i like that um you know all of the bullshit with the baseball bat right in front of the ref like come on man because like i i guess that's very new japan but i don't know <laughs> usually guys aren't hitting each other with baseball bats right in front of them. So, that was kind of bullshit because like two seconds later they were like distracting him they like oh shit we forgot to distract him they're like oh we'll do it this time yeah <laughs> but this match is like supposed to be a big clusterfuck and shit and i get it there was the whole section like the suzuki goon section where you know they all just roll out and start fighting each other and there was it was just mad shenanigans and that, that was fun you know plus eddie kingston rules you got to hit an exploder an sto that's great yeah, it was a great match. Everyone kind of got a, a chance to do their stuff, but I was most after like maybe uh, Eddie Suzuki and Jericho. I was just like, "What's Shooter doing?" Oh uh, yeah, I think yeah, he's got something think, too. Did you think Suzuki was actually going to uh, dive? No, no. <laughs> he didn't even sell it that much. He's like, "Here I could Nah. <laughs> it's like, you want me to? Want me to? Here did, I come. Nope. <laughs> There's a reason I can still wrestle at 54, motherfuckers. It's because I'm not doing dives. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny, though. All right. And then it, we got another match coming up next that I thought I, I liked. I, I know you didn't like to finish. It, it's I'm mixed on it, but I still like the match. We got Rapongi Vice versus FTR versus Okan on the cob, which was started by us and only us and no one yes. else. Yes. You know what, Luke? Let's pause for a moment because I think <laughs> that the, the you know the listeners of the Never Ever Podcast deserve to hear what some other guy is doing. So you know, uh, Brian Zane of Wrestling with Regret, who I mean, no one even knows who this guy is. He's not famous or anything, and he's definitely not like his videos don't get more views than yours, Luke. So don't worry about it, you know. But uh, let's hear what he had to say about this match in particular on his review. Lots of great stuff between Rapongi Vice and Khan on the Cob, which is my new team name for these guys, so uh, patent pending. I do believe that was my stupid joke. Yeah, and he's like patent over a year ago. Fuck off. Fuck that. You're getting sued by the Never Open podcast, motherfuckers. Absolutely. We got lawyers. <laughs> like, Gato lawyers or something. I, I want know. your five dollar dues, random YouTuber who I never <laughs> knew existed until like Andy showed me this clip. Yeah, his give me all your five dollar dues. 
<laughs> he's oh, apparently like the nicest guy on the internet too so i'm just playing but yeah that's all right uh, he'll he'll start following us in you know time it's all good oh all definitely right, so... yeah we'll be featured on his channel soon yeah we'll get another half a listener that's uh, well that's actually our price you can keep using con on the cob but you got to feature our channel on your channel our podcast i don't even know what it is on your channel yeah at least three times during your show you should be playing never open podcast commercials i agree which, uh, i agree uh are something that uh mr dave howard will be will be working on <laughs> at some point in the future so just yep. hold on to your hats yeah i think uh, he's the only person who cares that we do that but uh except for us we it's, it's we good. care <laughs> we already got one idea for one like like straight away so it's pretty it's, it's fine by the way, do you think Greater Khan looks absolutely amazing in red tonight? Like, what is this he new does. outfit? It's awesome. And red that. seems to be a theme for some of the outfits tonight, which uh, I approve. I like red. Yeah. So when we covered this match on our Never Realm preview, yeah, we totally left out that Rapunky Vice is in this match. I didn't know. <laughs> hey, when I was looking at the schedule on the New Japan website, they hadn't fucking fixed it. It wasn't so announced it, yet. So what do you want from us? Yeah, exactly. But uh, look, Dax does this thing where he gets hurt at the start. And normally I don't mind a spot like this because obviously the face will come out, uh, hot tag, all that kind of stuff. It's tag team 101, right? The thing is, though, it makes me extra nervous scared because in order to get this pay-per-view, how many people are injured? Like how many things changed? All that kind of stuff. So I was like, don't, 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 don't do that. I thought this match was pretty awesome and uh according to kevin kelly it's the first ftr match he's ever called so i'm like oh wow really caprice coleman comes out uh for this match uh because he's the ring of honor commentator and this is technically a ring of honor tag team title match as well as uh, a triple a and iwgp of course there's this heaps of strong there's heaps of amazing spots here and i will say they kind of got me on a strong zero on cob that no, I knew he was kicking out, but I was just like, oh, oh, that was pretty close. Like, Dax leaves too early, but he does make that save later. And there's a big rig on Rocky Romero and FTR win all of the golds. And just before you interject with going like, oh, how could this happen? Uh, just think to yourself about this, Mr. Andy. Okan on the cob have never been pinned to lose their tag titles. Yeah. Twice. It's happened twice. They've lost in they triple never have twice. twice. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I know what you're saying, and I'm not mad. I just, I just wish they were champs again. That would so, be cool, you know. So uh, they're getting screwed, uh, real Osprey style. Right. So uh, yeah, maybe that's part of the Empire story. It is, and you know, Empire heals here, but you know, they get a lot of cheers, and the crowd really likes. Um, <laughs> they really like O'Connor a lot because he's fucking on fire. And he's also bumping like a maniac and making the crowd pop from his crazy bumps, which is great. Um, at one point, uh, Jeff Cobb is running after Trent on the outside, and he just goes, fuck you, Trent! And it was really funny. It was really <laughs> loud and really funny. Okay, so the storyline of the match. So we got you – know, this is – like, that's the other thing that kind of bums me out about this match is that O'Connor on the Cobb are inconsequential in this match. They are bodies. 
You know what I mean? That's what they are. And so it's, that's, I know that maybe that's not right, but that's what I think. And so, you know, what this is all about is like putting FTR over. That's all this match is, right? And so basically we get this awesome baby face storyline where the, you know, one guy goes out injured. So it leaves the other guy in the ring by himself. And the only way he can like, he's about to lose. He has to tag out. So he has to tag in the other team. That's good shit, man. That's really good shit. And so, you know, they kind of, you know, UE's kind of healing out. So then, of course, Rapongi uh, Vice and, you know, the other FTR guy that's left, they have to kind of team up. But even they can't quite handle Ocon on the cop. So Ocon on the cop, they get put over strong for sure. But it's just, yep. it's just a bummer because this is all about that big return and then amazing false finishes. And maybe Rapongi can do it. Maybe Ocon on the cop are about to do it. They're so strong. And then FTR wins in the end. The story's tremendous. The work was awesome. I just, I didn't get fooled by that injury thing at all. I was like, oh, well, he'll be right back, you know. And so that, you know, that a million and people I was just, tweeted the same thing, yeah, that I did. Yeah. That. He's coming back for the save, right? Please, right. because Which, the alternative know, is another injured motherfucker, and we don't want that. Yeah, and so I don't know. I guess I'm just being smarky dick about it, but I am just, uh, I like the match a lot. It had that really cool, yep. like, kind of towards the end ebb and flow where, like, they're they're building to the big, you know, um, false finishes, boom, and then built, you know, going back down and building, bringing the crowd up and down. They did a great job of that. So this was uh, fantastic. It's just, eh, yeah. Yeah, it's a good match. And I know, I, like I know, I know we like Jeff Cobb, but Greater Khan especially is our is our boy, and we fuck just... you, Trent. <laughs> You're fucking shit, motherfucker. <laughs> Trent is a tremendous wrestler, and Rocky yeah, and him, is. I think I I can't wait to talk about them later because man, they made me laugh really hard when they came out later. Um, Luke, did you see? After that, we had a backstage segment with Juice Robinson. He's rock hard and, and Switchblade. Did you see that? I think I really like this Juice Robinson. He's <laughs> uh, he's all in on this uh, rock hard stuff and obviously hasn't gone according to plan because of appendicitis and all that kind of stuff. But he's still – he's. I like how um you'll see him during the Orange Osprey match just chilling in the box with the United States title draped over his arm. Just uh, like he's the champion, which is amazing. So, uh, yeah, he he cuts a promo and Jay's just like, yeah, I agree with what this guy said. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty great. Yeah, I liked it a lot. And, uh, you know, the crowd's reaction to seeing them, they cheered. And I was like, all right, because I was not, you know, I was – one of the things that surprised me about this night was the crowd's reaction to the New Japan guys. I knew some guys would get, you know, huge reactions, but everyone did. Everyone. And so, like, this was pretty cool. Yep. I also reckon if someone didn't get, like, a massive pop as soon as they came out, after they'd done a few moves in the right. ring, the crowd was like, all right, yep, yep. Because I feel like Shingo was a grower, not a shower. They're like, oh, yeah, it's the Shingo going, whatever. Then he just starts clotheslining people and punching them in the face and doing his Shingo stuff. And the crowd's like, oh, oh. And they're like, Shingo, Shingo. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that, that's the match after the next one because, hey, we got a New Japan guy who manages to shine. Time to in get this wild. Match. 
Let's get wild. It's Clark Connors versus Pack versus Miro versus Malachi Black. It's to crown the inaugural All-Atlantic champion. I thought this match was a fucking great time. I was worried, though, because near the start, I thought Connors got punked a little bit. He's running after Pack. Pack's right. just like, boom, see ya, dumps him out. I'm like, okay, I know he's the, the young boy here, but will he get a chance to do some pretty cool shit? And yeah, he does. He, he manages to gore Miro through a table on the outside, and then uh, he hits a power slam on Malachi Black, and he puts the freaking trophy kill on Pack, which gets a two count, of course. But even still, he put his finisher on the guy who wins the match, so I'd say that's pretty damn cool. Miro almost makes Pack tap out, but uh, there's that uh, Malachi Black missed, and that I don't know what the name of that kick he does is called. Sorry, but he does that. Yeah, that's the one. He does the. I don't know if it's called that still. Yeah, let's just call it Black it's, Mass. It's, it's a round, just, roundhouse kick, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, it mind you, if my finishing move was a kick, mm-hmm. I'd be kicking you straight away. Just as like if I was Kojima, I'd just be going like, I'm just going to lariat this guy like as soon as I possibly can. Yeah. But you know, that's not how wrestling works. What? So I mean, even deep in the match, Luke, sometimes finisher doesn't you know do the job man it doesn't yeah. doesn't beat somebody so you can't just hit her out of the gate like you're cesaro or something you know <laughs> that was his that so, was his plan you know so, so yes uh, malachi takes out miro and then uh black puts connor's into a submission hold and tries to make uh, clark connor's tap but there's a black arrow by pack onto both of them and he kind of like shoves Malachi out of the way and puts uh, Clark Connors into the brutalizer and Connors taps out. I have no problems with Connors' job in here. I, I kind of expected it. Uh, and I'm really happy that Puck is, uh, Pack is champion. So almost three years of AEW and he's not held a single fucking title. Can you believe that bullshit? So, yeah, I'm so happy that there is gold on this man in AEW. Yeah, he's money. Absolutely. He's like one of the most money wrestlers out there. Guy's fantastic. So um, this match was very interesting. It had like a couple like layered stories going on. You know, there's like some issue. I'm not familiar, but there's some issue between Pac and Malachi Black, clearly. And then Miro has an issue with everyone, but he kind of gets an issue with Clark Connors. And so they those two groups kind of pair off at first. And that's who wrestles for a while is those two, you know, like two pairs. And it's pretty cool because the whole idea is they're trying to get heat on Connors the whole match. Like he can't do anything. Everything he does fails up until like the very end of the match. And it's like, I was getting pissed. I was like, are you kidding me with this? (laughs) He couldn't get shit in. And it was like, wow, they're really doing him dirty like this. But he got, you know, the really cool comeback with the and and the crowds <clears throat> chanting his name. He got an amazing moment, you know, that'll never be forgotten. So you can't take that away. And uh, you know, this match had some indie riffic shit in it, like a big Tower of Doom spot. Um, but the finish was like super complicated, and I think that's the, like the straight up Rings of Saturn that he uses. I don't know what he oh, calls yeah. it. Oh brutal- yeah, he calls that's, it the yeah. brutalizer, but it is. You're right. It is the Rings of Saturn. Yeah, which is so, might be uh, a reason I love the Brutalizer so much because uh, I love Perry Satin. Yeah, and and I think the crowd really liked this because they were expecting Miro to win. Everybody was right, and so you know, the fact that Pac won, I think, was a big surprise. 
And, you know, maybe him and Malachi Black can now feud over this or Miro. I don't know. Maybe it's a three-way feud. Who knows? That'll be cool. Um, but I think Clark Connors turned some heads, man. I think people are like, okay. So they got white guys that wrestle in Japan, too, that are really good. Okay. You know. Yeah. I, yeah. I, uh, Connors got a chance to shine. My enjoyment of this match, like my review of this match, would have been a lot different if they just punked him out the whole time and I would have okay. just shadowed over the whole thing. But, uh, you know, I don't like seeing the New Japan guy getting pooped on. So, yeah. Nobody does. All right. Nobody does. Dude, this match, this next match, has is more fun than it has any right to be. Actually, I will say I quite enjoyed it. It is uh, Shingo, Sting, and Darby, the dudes with attitudes, versus Al Fantasmo and the Young Bucks with Hikaleo coming out of them. So the, you know, Darby Allen and Shingo, do we do their entrances? And I was like, there better be a huge pop of Shingo. There wasn't. And I was like, oh, but don't worry. That, uh, I already mentioned before, like, as soon as he starts doing that never shit, yeah, crowd gets behind him. But Sting doesn't come out. And so, like, oh, all right. So there is that then. Then, the, the you know, ELP and the bikes start coming out, and then you see Sting. Oh, well, he's up in the rafters. Oh, no. Then it's black again, and then oh no, he's actually right above them, and this sixty-five-year-old's going to fucking dive at them on straight away. Sting, you were a crazy man, but I do appreciate you doing that. That looked pretty freaking cool. That's awesome. <laughs> and dude, that's all he needs to do in the whole match. The rest of the yeah. time, he can just stand on the apron and take it easy. Like oh, but he yeah. did other stuff. We'll talk. Oh, about and that. he does other stuff too. <laughs> Shingo, Shingo does the Lij fist bump with Sting. Look at Shingo's face when he does it. <laughs> yeah, Sting just joined LIJ. It's pretty cool. Pretty much. My God, that was really cool. There's a really funny spot where El Fantasma is like, he's in the ring with Sting, and you bet your ass he's going to pull out that uh, schoolyard bully shit. Because <laughs> he's purple, purple Sting. And Sting, Sting no sells it. Like, he, as, nope. as Sting does. Hmm? I was just saying, nope. Oh, he yeah. Noped him. Yeah, that's right. Nope, I'm not taking this move. <laughs> and then I love later on that uh, he does it to El, El Fantasmo and he turns right. the selling up for the purple nurple up to 11. El Fantasmo, I reckon, do you reckon it was hard for him to hide the big-ass grin on his face knowing that oh, man. Uh, he was going to get beat up by Sting? Oh, my God. It's a pleasure to watch. It's super fun. Uh, the Bucks do some healing stuff, especially super kicking Sting gets them a lot of heat, which is fucking funny. Uh, Sting looks great. Shingo tra transitions this, like, he, he's going for the Made in Japan, and then he's like, oh, yeah, I'm on pay-per-view. I know it's a tag match, but, oh, yeah, I'm on pay-per-view. I'll just I'll just lift El Fantasmo up that little bit higher and Made in Japan for the one, two, three. Uh, it was just it was just a blast. After you've had, like, this all-out action-packed four-way match, you needed something a bit... Okay. This is action packed too, but it had its nice comedy spots and, and silly moments, and I loved it. You just know, though, Romu being in this would have brought it up to that extra oh, level. Yeah. But that's well, the thing about this show. As good as this show is, this is them putting on a show of this caliber with a lot of stars injured. Imagine what they can do when they don't have these injury rows. Holy shit. Yeah. What do you think of this match? I liked it a lot. I 
think it would have been funny to see Hiromu like tag in with Hikaleo because that would have happened for sure, you know. Yeah, um, sure. So that would have been fun. Um, okay, so something that happened in this match that was just like, I don't know, man. It was like, oh, I'm digging through my my like chest of drawers and and I find this old T-shirt from when I was a kid. Oh my god, it still fits and it just feels right. <clears throat> what it was is Kevin Kelly. He's on the on commentary. The young bucks hit a super kick and he does a super kick. I was just like, yeah, like I hadn't heard that in so long. And it was so great to hear him calling super kicks just like he used to. It was like that old concert t-shirt in the back drawer of your chest. So anyway, um, <laughs> that was amazing. I love that. Now Sting. All right. So Sting was amazing at the beginning of the match. It was like, yeah, maybe that would have been enough. You know, I'm disappointed in him that he didn't go for the, like the scorpion death drop thing, but turn him over, do a back rake. That was really disappointing. You know, he could have got that spot missed opportunity, but he did something really funny. All right. So, so he hits a double scorpion death drop on E and like on the two other guys. Right. And ELP yeah. is alone in the ring now and Sting's supposed to like pin him or something. But he just leaves the ring to go beat up one of the young bucks, and the young bucks like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> he points into the ring, and things like, "Oh, yes, I just hit a move on that guy. I will be in there now." And that was pretty funny. So, but uh, I also like watching the young bucks uh, wrestle. They they had a interesting take on the back rake. You know, I don't know which Jackson it was, but he did like three hundred backflips. <laughs> Oh, yeah. the back rake. that shit was funny i think elp tagging with the young bucks is like that's a perfect that's, combination that's kind of like an old t-shirt you might find in the, no it's, <laughs> it's just awesome you know it's just awesome i like that i like how they use sting in AEW. they don't overuse him and when they use him in tag matches like this you know they they have him do things like this so it's nice uh you know if he was Hick with Hickaleo the competition he'd probably be spot. the champion you know, we got one spot for Hikaleo where it was kind of a jumbled mess, though, at the end where he was like he was in there like interfering. But Sting was late on that one thing. So it got it all screwed up, but it ended up being OK at the end. You know, Shingo always makes it OK. But uh, Luke, what did you think of this backstage segment here? By the way, um, I shouldn't have been surprised that Shingo won this because he always wins six man tag matches. Always. That's true. Mm-hmm. He's the uh, the new Kojima or Jeff Cobb. All right, so next we've got this backstage moment where Jericho and a couple members, that's uh, 2.0 from NXT, uh, they're, they're talking to uh, Shooter, saying, oh, we respect you, you're really cool, and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, where's this heading? Oh, fireball to Shooter's face, which leads me to think, like, maybe we'll get another Jericho Shooter match down the line. Fire. So, why? Fireball? Yeah. Him. You need to fucking hit him in the face with a fireball? Uh, He's been doing is, fireballs recently. He fireballed Eddie Kingston a few weeks listen, ago. So listen, and a, and a random guy in the back. You don't just do that. That's like after buildup, man. That's like so. I, I used to know this uh, this guy that was like a really great manager, and he is like. He's so fantastic, and he would always talk about fireballs, like in only in kayfabe. Like, he, I mean, you're like hanging out with him having lunch, and that's how he's talking about it. And he's like, "Listen, that's a dark art." You know, and that's like how that's how serious that's supposed to be in wrestling is a fucking fireball, but it's always goofball, dumbass shit, and that's upsetting. But um, I don't know. I was very upset by this. It made me angry. 
Um, but you know what doesn't make me upset is breaking news about relaxed mask usage guidelines now in Japan. So they're, um, you know, they're going to start relaxing, relaxing mask mandates and stuff like that. So that means that cheering has to be next, right? It has to be. Suppose they wouldn't start cheering with a mask on first. And then you'd hear uh, like uh, calls like this going like, <laughs> yeah, but you know how it went here and it went there probably the same way. It was like as soon as the mandate was over, it was like, well, fuck it. You know, that's pretty much how it went. So, yeah. Yes, that is indeed true. So, bitten in the stranger's mouth. That's <laughs> the uh, policy, you know. Oh, my God. Jay, why just won't open your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> so next we got a match where unfortunately the crowd was a little quiet and i don't know why i kind of liked this match and maybe it's because neither woman is from they're both aw people and people want a mixed show but whatever it's tony storm versus thunder rosa thunder rosa who looks awesome got this like red aztec aztec looking fucking outfit going on and it looks amazing <clears throat> excuse me but, you know, I'm, I, for one, I'm glad this match exists. There's some gnarly strikes in this one, too, at the start. They're, like, giving each other, fo- like, stiff forearms to each other's chests, which is, like, ouch. They beat the shit out of each other pretty well. There's some amazing Germans, too, which always makes me happy to see. You know, it had a good pace to it as well. I, I don't know. I don't know why. The, maybe why are you, like... Oh, I don't why are you like acting like, like this wasn't a good just, match? This is a good it's match. It's a great match. It just confused yeah. me. Like, why are you so quiet, crowd? These two are pulling out really cool oh, moves and the shit to yeah. each other. Well, it was they it was want women's to... wrestling though, Luke. <clears throat> yeah, and then cheer for it. It, it. it it had a good pace, it wasn't too long, it had a really good back and forth. Both women beat the shit out of each other really nicely. Uh Tony Storm kicks out of Thunder Rose's move, and so she pulls out a move that like Dustin Rhodes would do because um He's been he helps train and stuff backstage, and it was it was cool. Thunder Rosa retains. I really liked this match. Fuck you, crowd. It's the only time I'm going to say that tonight about the crowd. Uh, fuck you, crowd, because I thought this was a great title match that deserved to be on the show. So here's the thing, though. Just to I mean put this in context a little bit. It's like fuck you, crowd, because they didn't stand up after they did big moves like they did in every other match. Cause like in yeah. every other match, the crowd is like at these big, huge spots, the whole crowd is like standing up, like, Holy shit. High fiving each other. You know, it, that didn't happen in this match, you know, and, and is that part of the booking that AEW does? And is it part of the fact that this doesn't have the excitement behind it, that the other matches do because new Japan doesn't have women's wrestlers. You know what I mean? There's kind of a lot of reasons why maybe this wasn't, you know what people wanted but i thought this was very good and you know one of the things i love about this match is this was scrappy man they were uh, there was like some receipts and stuff going on <laughs> because they're like yeah. they're stiffing the shit out of each other and it was like wow okay and i i appreciated it i hope that you know they were okay with the way that they were working as far as that goes i love that thunder rosa's like um, you're not going to push me around in here. I'm going to fucking kick the shit out of you. And then Tony Storm's like, oh, you would like to kick the shit out of each other? Let's do that. And that's kind of what they did. The um, There were a couple moves that were real scary, though. There was a, a DVD that was really scary. Um, there was a Rikishi driver that was just fucking gnarly. That was really oh, cool. Oh, yeah. 
Um, and you know, it looked looked really scary. I don't think anything was wrong with it, but it it was, you know, real close to being like, "Whoa, <laughs> are you okay?" I, I think I heard someone in the crowd yelling out, "Tony!" And it was Juice Robinson <laughs> up in the bullet pub box. Probably, probably. Uh, but yeah, I thought this was really good. It's just I think that because it seemed out of canon on this show compared to what else was going on. I think that's why. And, um, you know, I saw videos of the fans leaving to go pee in droves during this match. And that's disappointing, but also that's on new Japan or on uh, AEW for putting on this fucking five hour shows. The show is too long. Luke, I will tell you that it's way too long. Uh, it yes. wasn't as long as the paper last AEW pay-per-view I watched, which uh, I was still watching at about 3 PM. <laughs> that's too much this man. one started Ever. at about this one stopped at about 1 1 30 1 o'clock ish so i was like all right that's that's a little that's a little better but that's also was also a little cheaper so that's probably why uh so we get we finish this match which is nothing wrong with it oh, i think you and i just both praised it for being pretty damn fun and then we we kick it up a notch because we've got orange Jim Ross versus- is out right <clears throat> Jim Ross. Oh, yeah. He's got a cowboy hat and he likes barbecue sauce, I hear. And his leg getting like touched or something. I, I didn't even make note of it. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so Orange Cassidy versus Will Ospreay. This is technically a United States title match, even though the title is on Juice, um, Juice's shoulder up in the up in the crowd. So uh, fuck, this is great stuff. <clears throat> There's that like feeling out process that you might find in a often in a junior match or at the start of Osprey matches as well. But this time it's done with uh, Orange Cassidy with his hands in his pockets. So that's kind of, that's kind of funny. And it also pisses Osprey off, which I really like. Like this guy's doing this to me and he's got his hands in his pockets. Oh, I'm going to show this motherfucker. <laughs> There's a really cool part where uh, Orange is like leaning against the railing on the outside Will Ospreay runs all the way around because Aussie opens out here as well. He runs all the way around the ring. I'm like, where are you going? But he runs towards Aussie Open, who grab him and just fling him right at Orange Cassidy onto the uh, thing, which is amazing, dude. There is just like so many amazing spots and moves in this. Like I've seen Orange versus Pack, and that was really cool, really good work rate and stuff. But he's still there's less of the comedy Orange. He's still comes out in this match, but there's less of it in this match. He's he's out there to have an absolute banger with Will Ospreay, and I think he succeeds. In fact, there's a, a time where he goes for the Slumdog Millionaire, doesn't get it. Another time he goes to, to do it, Ospreay is doing some other move to him, and he just kind of flips it back into that Stundog Millionaire or whatever it's called. It was fantastic. It's had me on the edge of my seat. I thought it was a fucking amazing match, but... I know who's going to win that here. It's the guy who's got, like, the English title and the United States title, of course. And I'm absolutely fine with that. Uh, he wins with uh, – and he makes makes Orange look really strong too. Hit and blade for two, then up for the Stormbreaker. He does the Oz cutter and stuff as well. So, yeah, this match was amazing. We'll talk about what happens after this match in a minute. But what did you think of Orange Cassidy versus Will Ospreay? It's awesome. And, like, yeah. I think that – Maybe in this match that Will is funny too, 
you know, like I think they're both doing comedy all throughout the match, even though it's yeah. a serious match, you know, as far as the stakes and stuff. But like, I mean, everybody wants, you know, of course, there's the spot where like he's got Orange Cassidy in like a abdominal stretch and he reaches in his pocket and pulls out his middle finger. That was amazing. <laughs> you know, I, I thought that was really funny. Um, you know, he he did the Kawada kicks like, you know, so um What's Even Orange came out with legit Kawada kicks as well. He starts on the shitty ones, and then a uh, couple of moves later, he's actually laying in those kicks to Will Ospreay. That was really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, he did that. And, um, you know, also he ran Will's head into the camera in the corner, which he gleefully took right to the dome and, like, broke the camera. That was amazing. You know, they did all the flips. And Orange gets all the near falls, and they're very good. And I have to tell you, you know, I don't like saying stuff like this about Will Ospreay, but he might, I mean, like, some of these kickouts, I don't know if it gets better. You know what I mean? Some of these kickouts were just some of the best, most close near falls you can do. And, like, the crowd was biting on every single one of them. They were standing up. They were losing their minds. They were high-fiving strangers. It was outstanding. And so this match was you know, really good. And I, I think it was of all, it, there's no like must see match on the show. I don't think, but if there is one, this is it, you know? Yeah. Yep. It's so, fucking awesome stuff. And then at the end of the match, uh, Aussie open and Will Ospreay just start beating up Orange <laughs> Cassidy for some reason. And of course, Rapongi Vice, yeah. And of course, Rapongi <laughs> Vice come out for the save. To help what are they wearing? Orange. They're wearing like white jeans with no shirts. That's how they hang out. They looked ridiculous. It was so funny. And they came running. Like, guys wearing. <laughs> it was really funny. So they made me laugh quite a bit. With but yes, this whole beatdown stuff is ha happening. And then I hear probably one of the most wonderful things that I can hear. And it's a really nice beginning theme tune to Katsuyori Shibata's music. Who He comes down. He has a bit of a scuffle with Will Ospreay, which is fucking awesome. And they, and then he stands tall with Orange Cassidy and Orange Cassidy puts a pair. Of, you know, Shibata goes to give him back his sunglasses. And Orange is like, nah, mate, nah. Putting the sunglasses on you. I like the end thing where Shibata's posing with the sunglasses and then uh, Orange just puts a, an arm on Shibata's shoulder Gives the weak thumbs up. <laughs> Just a, another really cool moment. Uh, and uh, is Shibata wrestling ever again? Uh, is it forever going to be a he'll come in, do a small thing, and leave? I don't mind. Like, I'm, I'm happy just to, whenever I get the scene, it's fine. Well, he, he did the drop kick. He beat up Will Ospreay. Yeah. yeah. That was awesome. And so, like, that's cool. It's weird seeing him do a comedy thing like that, but it's almost like it didn't happen. It happened to him and he was just okay with it. You know what I mean? It's not like That's he true. did it, you know? And so like, it's funny too, because like apparently he was posing with all the wrestlers backstage to get, get like selfies with them with the stupid sunglasses on. So there's a bunch of pictures of him out there like posing with random wrestlers and stuff so that's pretty funny i'm glad he he had fun with that it's it he was wearing his gear from wrestle kingdom too 
So like the shorts and the just shooters with no knee pads and stuff, it looked like he was out there to wrestle Zack Sabre Jr. So I was like, when I first saw him, I was like, oh, he's coming out for his match. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> kind of how it went. Yeah. But that brings us definitely to our next match, Mr. Andy, where it is Zack Sabre Jr. versus mystery opponent. And I feel sorry for Zack because if they're debuting someone, I'm sorry, buddy, but um, you just went to America to job. And yeah. I was okay with it because it, it turns out to be Zack Sabre Jr. versus Claudio. What's the, how do you say that the other one? Castagnelli. Castanel, Castagnoli. All right, congratulations, you are forever just Claudio. Just yeah, like in WWE, cool. you have lost your surname, and you are now Claudio. <laughs> so take us through this, Mr. Andy. What did you think of Zack Sabre Jr. versus Claudio? This is an interesting match. It's it's pretty something else here. Because, so, you know, obviously Claudio, he's super over right out of the gate. The crowd, I mean, this might have been the biggest reaction of the night. I can't imagine a bigger one. You know, this is as big as it gets right here. The crowd's just fucking yeah. losing their mind. Like, half the crowd had Claudio section signs, like in WWE. This guy is a fantastic wrestler, and everybody's hope now is that he can do what he wants and actually, like, have amazing matches and be featured. We'll see if he gets featured, but he does in this match. So he comes in, and he's like, hey, I heard what Luke was saying in that earlier episode somehow in the future that you're recording now. I'm going to go ahead and neutralize fucking the zsj right out of the gate so he hits a neutralizer for two right out of the gate and the crowd's like oh and they got the crowd <laughs> on that and i was like the course is not going to be that but it was great so both these guys are huge european uppercut guys so that's a big part of the match you know what i mean and and, and zach saber jr is like well i'm gonna break your arm you know because you can't do the punches you have to use your other arm or something and so there's like it's fuck your arm for a big chunk of this match. And, you know, Tarantula threw the ropes on, like, uh, Claudio's leg, too. That was pretty cool. It's full of, like, all this awesome mat wrestling where you have Zack Sabre Jr. just in holds with Claudio and Claudio either standing up and Zack Sabre Jr. climbing all around him and shit, which is some of my favorite stuff, or in, you know, near the ropes and all this kind of cool little things like that. It's really neat. Um, there's a neat part where uh, Zack Sabre Jr. has Claudio in a triangle, and but Claudio dumps him out of the ring, but Zack Sabre Jr. hangs on, and they like go tumbling out of the ring, and he's still got the triangle when they get out of the ring. That is amazing. So then Claudio so picks him up and just walks up the steps to the ring. It's like, oh my god! And he chucks him in the ring. That ruled. Um, so uh, Zack Sabre Jr. has all these awesome counters, of course. Uh, uh, I'm going to call him Cesaro, but uh, Claudio, he goes for the giant swing, but it's turned into a guillotine choke, which is tremendous. And Claudio keeps trying to get the swing. That's a big part of the thing. He wants to get that. The crowd wants it. You know, Zack Sabre Jr. is bumping all over. It's amazing. Um, you know, it's it's really good. There's a sharpshooter, but Zack Sabre Jr. reverses it. He finally gets it back on. Claudio does. And it's and then he's like, oh, fuck this. It just hits a double stomp for two. It is really cool. <laughs> and then I don't know if you caught this, but fucking Zack Sabre Jr. is like, fuck you, Daniel Bryan. He starts doing beetle blaster kicks. Oh, that's cheeky shit right there. You can't do that. And so, uh, you know, there's all kinds of crazy holds and pins. Cross arm jackknife powerbomb from Claudio for the win. Cross arm. 
Jackknife powerbomb. Yeah. Apparently, it's called the Ricola. Oh, so, uh, Ricola. Oh, he used to do that probably in the Indies, yeah. Yeah. This is so that's just a really interesting cool. match, though. This is, very, you know, like, this is probably the most, like, technical and interesting as far as that goes. Because, I mean, Zack Sabre Jr., these holds, what are they? Yeah. <laughs> you know how... You know how I was saying, I think it was on the last Never Epic Realm, that uh, some of the WWE, ex-WWE people who have gone on to wrestle in other companies sometimes have that period of, um, I guess, WWE-style rust. You know what I mean? Uh, Miro had it. I feel like uh, Ruby Rose is... Uh, Ruby, Ruby Rose, she's an actress. Uh, Ruby Soho is just getting over that. Uh, I feel like Claudio didn't have that at all. He was... No. Yep. No. He was he's a, he's a fucking pro, best. dude. And like, yep. uh, I was, I thought his performance was excellent. This is what you expect to see from him. And they somehow like exceeded expectations. Tremendous. Yeah. Not only that, they also had the hard task of following Orange versus Osprey. Yeah. And they followed, was followed up yeah. with a fantastic match, which uh, a fantastic and totally different kind of match. Which brings us, oh my God, we're up to the two main events. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about uh, this IWGP title match because it's a great match, ruined by a f- ruined by a finish that is no one's fault really. Things just happen sometimes in wrestling, but it is uh, Switchblade Jay White, uh, Adam Cole, hand Handman Adam Page, uh, which is what I have in my my notes. Handman. Handman. That sounds like he does something else instead of hanging people. Oh, okay, and because uh, it's Greg Carter. So, <laughs> so you got Jay in this match. What's going to happen when the match starts? Yeah, of course the bad guys are going to take a powder. But of course. Gino. Oh, of course. Oh, see, I was I was hoping this would happen. Like I'm sitting there going, like, is Gator going to come out? Please, 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 please. And he does. And then I'm going yeah. off on it on the show. And then I totally blank on on his appearance. It was super awesome seeing Gator come That's out. Okay. It's the it's first sure time was. we've seen him. In America with Jay White, like in ages, is that is yeah. that right? Long time, long like three, four years maybe. It's been a long time, man. Oh yeah, dude, there is some really cool shit. Of course, you get the faces kind of teaming. Oh, so the heels won't get in the ring. So Okada and Hangman start fighting. So what does the heels? What do what do Cole and Jay White do after that? They get in and beat up the faces. Of course, you could. <laughs> And take advantage of the situation. This is that's what they do. This is really cool stuff. Uh, you've got one section where Jay White just you know, sleeper suplexes four men, <laughs> one after awesome. the other. So everyone in this, everyone watching this, I hope they got to see what a freaking suplex beast Mr. Jay White is, because he, man, he pulled out quite a few of them. There's. Uh, Jay takes this buckshot lariat, which made me really nervous. I get more nervous. I get I don't get nervous when I watch wrestling, except for maybe Jay White matches, because I always want him to win. I was and, very uh, nervous watching this. I was yeah. like, I had you know, I had some stake in this. I got a dog in this fight. Yep. So uh it did make me nervous. Plus there's like three other people in this match. I'm like, no, this is awesome stuff and <sighs> This is where I get confused at the end because at the end in the ring it's mostly Okada, uh, Hangman, no, no, Okada, Cole, and Jay. And after there's a 
I don't know what quite rings Cole's bell. In fact, at, th- at first I thought it was a Carter's bell got rung a little bit because he was moving a little slower or maybe he just sensed that Cole was a bit wobbly and so, like, wasn't going full ball on the poor guy. I don't know. But what happens is a Carter gets a, a blade runner by uh, Jay White, of course, and then he just ro- walks over and pins Cole, just like that. Now, post-match, before I let you talk about it, there's not that much post-match going on, but Jay does turn to the referee straight away, and he's pretty much like, hey, ref, Cole's fucked. Get him some help now. I'm serious. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I thought was awesome. Uh, rather than pick Cole up and do moves and shit on him, he saw Cole was fucked and just pinned him. I thought that was awesome. Uh, you know, it, it's an anticlimactic end to what is a what was a really cool four-way match, but who cares? People tell us more important. What do you think of this, Miss Andy? Well, the finish, as far as the finish, yeah, it's an unfortunate thing because they were just getting in the magic time. I think they had like another, you know, maybe a couple minutes. and But yeah. it, it, it made it look like the finish was supposed to be Rainmaker on Cole. Jay runs in, you know, hits the Blade Runner on on Okada, pins Okada, right? Um, but he, he pinned or pinned Cole, excuse me. But it's because Cole turned on him in the middle of the match and hit the fucking Blue Steel Driver on him, which is... God damn, dude. How you going you can't do that to Jay White. That's against the law. So um <laughs> I, I was upset about that. But then, you know, that's when Jay suplexed everybody. So I was happy again. But um it's just the way what that the second kind of weird part of it is that when Jay was pinning Adam Cole, he tried to kick out. You know, you could see him trying to kick out. Now I saw like I've seen video where people are like, oh, his shoulder was separated. And then every and then I, I've heard that it's a concussion. So I don't know. I mean, concussion seems the most likely just because of the way concussion. the way it acted, the way he acted and stuff. And it's just it all. But it, it was just really weird because the way that he didn't the reason like he didn't take the rainmaker. He like ducked it, but he ducked it in that way of like the Kenny Omega spot where you're just dead and you can't sit up. That's what it looked like. But he was actually KO'd. So he was trying to kick out because maybe that wasn't the finish. I don't know. You know what I mean? Or maybe it was just his instinct to kick out. It was just a weird, weird finish. And it kind of, it didn't poo-poo the match, but, you know, especially because what comes next is pretty awesome too. But it was just kind of like, oh, well, all right. But you guys, you did, you did good, you know? So I think that's a general consensus, really good match, but it happened. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just a shame because Jay was on his way to getting so much heat in that match, but he he kind of got over his face there at the end, <laughs> like you said, he like saved Cole kind of, so he was taking care of his buddy, and it was pretty obvious. So you know, it's just funny because he would have he was on his way to getting booed out of that building, you know. <sighs> yeah, that's a shame, but you know he'll get his chance again, and you know it's Jay White. Like, he's not snake bit, you know what I mean? And so he'll be fine. Yeah. Is Does Cole tend to get a, a concussions and stuff a lot, or is it just one of those things? I don't or? know. I don't know. Me neither. I don't know. Uh, I don't have uh, Cole's health record in front of me, unfortunately, but uh, maybe next time. I'll do my research like a professional. But let's, yeah. let's get down to it. Oh, look, great match, exciting. The finish is what it is. It's like a it's like a WWE finish, except it wasn't on purpose. Hey, uh, Jay won. Jay won. Jay won. He left the yeah. title. I was scared to death. 
You know? yep. <laughs> it's like, no, it would make no sense to change the title. But, you know, there was it would know, only, uh, only a couple undercard titles changing tonight. That's it. Yeah. So let's let's get down to this. This is to crown the interim AEW champion. It's John Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. I have only one nitpick to make about this match, Mr. Guy. I think it's the same one you have. But what did you think of this main event, John Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi? Oh, okay. Well, I don't know what the nitpick is, but we'll see. Um, oh, I it's, know what it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. I have two nitpicks. There's two things that happen in this match that are a problem. Um, so it, it's there's something that really ha- funny that happens at the beginning. I don't know if anybody caught this, but like Moxley's coming through the crowd, right? And everybody's going nuts. And it's like, it's cool. We heard, I don't know if you noticed this, but they, at the beginning, we heard the beginning of his new Japan theme and then wild thing played. So yes, cool, I did love that. You know, and um, I appreciated that because his new Japan theme is way better than wild thing. Yes, you know, it is, isn't it? But it's just so, it's just so much better. It fits in better just, in my opinion. Just, just to know, interrupt but, you uh, quickly, Mr. Andy. I liked Wheeler Utah's uh, New Japan theme better as well, and they just played that generic, like. Dun, 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 what dun. was? What about Cesaro's? I mean, Claudio's awful. He does a run in at the end, and they and he's the only person that they play his theme, and it's like the worst theme of all time. So that was funny. Anyway, so all right, so Moxley versus Tanahashi. Moxley's coming through the crowd. He's doing the, hearing the music, and he like has to move the barricade to get in. And he just, I mean, wallops this little kid that goes flying. <laughs> and they're like, he stops for a second. He's like, okay, okay, yeah, I've got a match to do. And that was very, very funny. So, um, <laughs> and you know, it's going well. This crowd's going real well. The crowd's into it, right? And then something happens, and everyone's distracted. Normally, the wrestlers don't look at stuff. Normally, the refs don't sell it. Um, the only people who didn't sell this was Tanahashi and the commentators. And I found out what it was. So apparently, something was going. It was like an old episode of Nitro. You know, somebody's getting kicked out. And so the, all the crowds just look in a different way. And it's really obvious and yes. kind of screws with things. So apparently, someone was getting kicked out. And they started fighting security. And it went on for a little bit. And that's what was going on. So... Even the ref is looking up there. Moxley's even looking up there. And it's just like, oh, that's unfortunate. You know, but Tanahashi's a pro. He doesn't sell it, you know. And it's fuck your, it's kind of fuck your leg match, you know, a little bit. Um, but then something else happened that's really weird. Um, so Tanahashi had been trying to hit a sling blade. He hadn't gotten it yet. He finally gets it. Moxley rolls out and he comes up and he's bleeding like a stuck pig. And it's like, why? So stupid. Why would he bleed from... Is Tanahashi uh, sling blading with razor blades? Yeah, like, what's going on? make any sense. Plus, the finish and how it ends up, you know, he's not the baby face fighting from underneath against the monster heel. That's who blades, right? Not yeah. the guys that are kind of on the same level that's like a friendly rivalry and they're both mega baby faces. Why are we doing this? So Moxley loves blading, man. He just loves it. I know! And it's just like, it's not a good thing to do a lot you know i like it when it's done right this is completely inappropriate so um that was dumb but then bloody you know <laughs> bloody boxing gets hit with a high fly flow to the floor that was awesome and 
the ref counts after paradigm shift. Uh, there's a Kamigoye and two high fly flows for all oh, the the ref count thing. Okay, so the ref starts counting, and this is when, you know, the announcers are like, "Oh shit, what rules are we using?" <laughs> no, nobody knows, you know, until the guy gets to nine, and then Tanahashi and then, rolls in. So thank yeah. God, Tanahashi and the ref knew. That's all that matters. So. That was really that's funny. what Kevin, as Kevin Kelly as as Tanahashi went in on nine. Uh, Kevin Kelly was just like, "Hey, Tanahashi knows what rules these exactly. are. He's the yeah. ace. He's a professional. He, <laughs> he found out. <laughs> so AEW forgot to tell us. But uh, anyway, so uh, two high five flows for two into a bulldog choke. And Tanahashi's fucked, but he fights out. And there's some weird roll up pins that are kind of you know jonky a little bit but huge lariat uh and tanahashi kicks out at one. Oh my god the crowd is going nuts elbows and the crowd's starting to turn on moxley yes <laughs> so he bled for no reason now he's beating up tanahashi who is just in full-on babyface cell mode and fucking the crowd's like fuck you moxley and they start chin tanahashi they just want him to win so bad Rear naked choke and a huge go ace chant is going on as, as Tanahashi fights out of this rear naked choke. Then Death Rider and John Moxley wins, and the crowd's like, yay! But, you know, and then, you know, I want to hear what you think about this before we talk about the awful ending of Forbidden Door. All right. It is kind of awful. It's a bit TV showy. But I love, I, I thought this match was great. You're right. He didn't need to blade, especially since, like, uh, at the start of the match, uh, it's a bit mixed, but I'd say more Moxley chance. But as the ma- match goes on, it's go ace, go ace. And if there's any man who could uh, <laughs> steal all the face, uh, I guess, heat from the blue-eyed baby face John Moxley, who's bleeding like a stuck pig, it's Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yeah, like, right. he's the ace. Crowd's like, you did that to yourself. We know you did. <laughs> Dude. It was a stat. The crowd's like, that was a sling blade, and you're bleeding. Like, get out of here. Like, go, ace. Yeah. So, Tanner looks like a huge face here. He was amazing. He, and hey, they get they get like two aces high. One to the outside, one to the ring. That's pretty. That's really cool. I knew Moxley was winning this, just like I knew either Jay or Okada was winning the previous match because they're both in the G1, and the champions always in the G1. But. Uh, I didn't really care so much. This was just a, a wonderful match. I was looking forward to Moxley versus Tanahashi. It delivered. There was a couple things that, yeah, that didn't need to be in the match. But on a whole, it was good. It was worth the wait. I hope they have a rematch. Make it in uh, New Japan and uh, have yeah. have Moxley lose in Japan for once. <laughs> that would be but, nice. Uh, yeah, Other than great to Yano. You know, Yano was in Chicago. And I he it would have been made this segment here at the end if he had come out at some point it just ran in and just started beating people up you know new but, japan's different than aw you can't replace anyone with anyone like like someone backstage at aw was probably like oh we can place Hiromu with yano and someone from new japan's like they're in different factions it won't work <laughs> but it's just for a silly six man with sting it won't work the crowd the fans will not buy it and i would have booed the <laughs> shit out of it <laughs> All right. Well, what happens here, Luke? It's like, like they they, they said it, they're obviously setting up for blood and guts, which is happening in on Dynamite in a few days' time. 
So they do the clusterfuck beatdown ending with everyone where Tanahashi's just like, I'm not part of this. So he kind of rolls out and like starts getting out of, out of the way of this. But it is a, a big, huge TV show style beatdown like you do for a go-home show. And they did. Uh, I think at least twice, maybe, on Rampage and Dynamite. So, you know, for me, the true ending was the end of Mox Tanahashi. But this ending's a bit, yeah. But, you know, by that point, what's, I well, had so much fun. Okay. You know, what's a better ending? Is it is it the schmoz that happens? You know, where the, like, guys are running out to fight, and then for some reason, Claudio's music hits, and then he runs out, and it's like, what about these other guys? They get no music. That was weird. Um, but we got to get that theme over because it sucks. And um, is oh that a God. good ending? Or, or is like Tanahashi and Moxley hugging, holding each other's, raising each other's hands in the ring and walking back through the baby face, you know, curtain together? Is that, that one. you know, like, look, turning around and facing the crowd. Oh, my God, look how happy the crowd is. Man, Forbidden Door brings people together. What a tremendous I, show. I choose that ending. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. poor ending. But really, really solid to great show. I enjoyed pretty much everything about it. Uh, the only absolute dud matches were on the buy-in. So, you know, like, I, I can't complain about the actual show itself. Uh, the buy-in did give us, like, an absolute banger with Despi, Katamaru, Swerve, and Keith Lee. That was fucking phenomenal. Uh, it, it was just a really fun show. Like, I know there are people online saying this is one of the best things we've ever seen. Great. Uh, I'm definitely a New Japan guy. I think uh, I preferred Dominion a couple of weeks prior, but hey, there's no wrong answers. This sets up some cool things in the future if you're an AW guy. And, you know, there's, there's things going forward. I liked it. It was, it was a solid to great show. I'm glad I spent money on it and watched it. So, yeah, but I, I'm not... Um, I guess I'm not giving it a huge blowjob like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I I would prefer. I was watching this thinking, man, I wish this was just New Japan guys like versus other New Japan guys. But that's my, you know, security blanket in wrestling is New Japan. Of that's course, what I like you know. So this other stuff's all scary and different, you know. But you know what's not scary and different, Luke, is New Japan Road. Our next set of shows that are coming up that are so exciting. They include matches such as, oh, the reformation of GBH as they fight Young Lions. We have that. Yeah. That's hey. exciting. You're going to be real happy about one of these, though. So on night two, which is on Monday, right? This is on the uh, this canceled holiday of, of July yeah. 4th. Is, uh, we have Minoru Suzuki versus uh, Kosai Fujita. So that's that'll be fun. And then Kanemaru oh. up against Naka, Nakashima. He's going to break his arm and his leg. And uh, let's see here. So that's a thing. And then all these tags. And then, oh, and Kushida's on all these shows, too. That's fantastic. Yes. And on 5th with this Tuesday, we got a big singles match headline in the show, Luke. It's a dog cage match. It's Toriyanu versus Dick Togo. In the, oh, that's not the main event. Never mind. That's the semi-main event. But that's the actual main event. Because the main event is the House of Torture versus Team Off-White Fisherman in a six-man tag championship match with a 60-minute time limit. Fuck off. Uh, look, I think everyone knows I'm a bit of a fan of the underdog that is Yoshihashi, even though I do brag on him a lot. Goto, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's Goto. 
And any team with Yo in it, I'm going for the other team. So even yeah. though that team has Yujiro Takahashi in it. So I'm going for, well, it's got an evil show. So I'm going for the House of Torture to retain, please. Uh, they don't have much else for House of Torture to do right now. So just keep the titles on a little longer. Just do that. And these are all at Bergen Hall. They'll all be live mm, on New Japan plus. World. If you're, a new, if you're new to New Japan, you definitely want to check these out because this will give you a great idea of what, you know, their kind of mini roster is right now. And you'll get, you'll learn so much about these wrestlers just by watching these three shows, you know, new Japan, the storytelling in the ring, and this is how they do it. And you'll learn so much about them and you'll be highly entertained. So I recommend it. Dude, Clark Connors is on these uh, shows as as well as Alex C. Yeah. He's the fucking Android is coming to Japan. I mean, uh, the DKC's there too. I don't know how he's come along, so maybe he's amazing now. But Alex C. Clark Connors teaming up against Naito, Shingo, and Sonata. I know they're going to get their asses beat, but still, that's going to be super fun. We've got more young lions in uh, in Japan. Hey, that's pretty cool. Except for Oka- no, Clark Connors is one. Yeah. Okada and Ishii are going to wrestle against Taichi and Doki. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be fucking awesome. Alex Zane's coming back. There's all kinds of fun stuff going on. This is going to be great. Kenta is back, Luke. Gato's going to wrestle. Fuck okay? Me. Yep. And Kenta in, yeah, Kenta on one side, Tanahashi on the other. Don't kill each other, gentlemen. Or do. It's fine. Or do, yeah. But, hey, gives us good moments. Dude, how is that? Awesome Forbidden Door show. Uh, Great New Japan shows coming up. Our boy's still the champion. It's hard to complain, you know. A lot of injuries gave, like, led up to this show, and the fact that it's as good as it is with, like, no Ishii, um, you know, uh, CM Punk, Ryan Danielson, you know, Hiromi. Yeah, there's a, there's a million great wrestlers, though. Each one of these but, companies has yeah. a million great wrestlers. And so, you know, I'm not going to wipe their, you know, give them credit for wiping their ass. They put on a great show. It was awesome. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> but it's not like the greatest thing in the world. And, you know, I think that New Japan big shows are way better than this, in my opinion. But in in the way that they are New Japan, you know, I mean, AEW does what they do. It's not necessarily my thing. That's why I didn't dig this as much. But it's other people's thing, and I hope you guys enjoy that if that's your thing. I'm just going to be enjoying New Japan over here and talking about okay. it in a microphone. <laughs> With me, hopefully. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Yeah. Play your cards. Aww. The next thing you know, I'll hear an saying, announcement yeah. saying uh, the next uh, Never Open podcast, and uh, next thing you know, I hear John's voice. I'm like, what the fuck? No, no. He, he's never going to watch this. No way. I don't think he liked the show very much. What was his thoughts? Let's find out. John's thoughts, I can't remember what he, we, he said. He was, uh, I, I think that overall he said it was a good show. It was like similar to something like that, but I don't think that he like liked it that much. He was impressed with, um, you know, Jay White. He really liked Jay White. Um, let's see. What did he say? I don't remember. But uh, Luke, you watched the like, media scrum thing what was that all about like uh every aw show they do a media scrum which is pretty much tony khan uh, he'll take questions from uh, reporters and things like that and then you'll have uh, some some of the wrestlers who who won that night come in and give a bit of a talk usually it's not very kayfabe and they will talk um backstage thought processes about storylines and things like that now uh <clears throat> i'm 
I won't bring up the AEW ones because this is a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast. There's other places people can go to for uh, coverage on that. But uh, there are two new – well, I know the IWGP Tag Team Champions were interviewed as well. But let's just stick with Okada and uh, Switchblade just to keep it on topic for the show. So Switchblade, he comes out and there's this little stand that everyone who has a title can, like, rest their belt on. So Jay White comes out, he knocks that off the table, and he looks at the reporters, he's like, fucking pick it up. Pick it up and put my fucking belt on there. If this was Japan, somebody else would be doing this for me. What the fuck are you doing just staring at me like that? I'm the fucking champion. Put the fucking belt on there. Now! Do it! So they do do it. I actually feel like somebody else, one of the reporters picked it up and put it there, and Tony Khan put the fucking belt on the thing too. They did that, and that, that little stand thing, that's the same thing you put your mom's like, commemorative plates on or, you know, that's or, like, right. your grandma's commemorative uh, king and I plates. You know, that's where they <laughs> in, in Australia, they're like either tiger plates or because we're still part of the Commonwealth uh, with, uh, you know, United Queen. Kingdom. It might be like, yeah, queen or some kind of royal. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. Thing. Yeah. So he does that. And then people ask him, like, what his dream matches are and shit like that. And he goes, I don't have any dream matches. People dream of wrestling me because I'm the fucking champion. <laughs> Which is the greatest non-answer. Like, it's just, that's the it was fantastic. I loved that answer. He pretty much stayed in kayfabe the entire time. And near the end of the media scrum, we had because uh, it's go Okada. And whilst he was a bit more, you know, chill and relaxed, as uh, Okada is want to be backstage, I, I guess he... He also stayed in kayfabe, just like uh, Jay White did. Even though he had uh, the little child reporter ask him how he calls matches with people who speak you know, other languages. How does he deal with the language barrier and stuff? And he pretty much stayed in Kazushiko Okada character the whole time. Both the New Japan guys did, which uh, was like, yep, that makes sense because they always, they generally almost always keep kayfabe, even in backstage promos and things like that too. So, yeah, that was fun. The Jay White one just had me howling in hysterics just at how he just turned these answers around on these, like, professional reporters, blah, 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 <laughs> and stayed kayfabe the whole time, like, and just gave really good, legit answers at the same time, if that makes sense. So, yeah, that was the, that was the media scrum. FTR does talks about legacy and all this kind of stuff, and they've got all the titles. They look like they're the tag team versions of Ultimo Dragon or something, almost. But, uh, yeah. That was pretty much uh, it for the New Japan side of the media scrum, though I will be remiss if I didn't mention that uh, Chris Charlton, he was in Chicago. What is he there for? Well, he's he's translating for Okada, so there is oh, that. Oh, okay. He was, he was translating the media scrum for uh, Kazushiko Okada. And also I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that Rocky Romero was hailed as being one of the driving forces of making this show happen. Mm-hmm. So... Rocky Romero, man, like, I know a lot of people see him as, like, this on-screen uh, wrestler type, but, uh, no, he works in New Japan. He does everything. Like, backstage, like, yeah. Everything. Because I, I think he speaks Japanese as well, which makes him uh, uh, an even bigger, like, kind of, you know, valuable New person. Japan. And he speaks yeah. Spanish, so that's even more there you valuable, go. you know? So... Um, yeah, we also did hear that there was a lot of people that weren't allowed to be on this show because they work with AAA. And now yeah. that I'm thinking about that, that led me to a conclusion that, you know, Triple Mania just happened and Dragon Lee was like in the main event. So, hmm, that's why he's not in New Japan, I guess. So that's poop. Yeah. 
Well, if CML can uh, get their head out of their asses, maybe they'll realise there's some motherfucking money to be made. But they hate AAA and vice versa, don't they? I mean... Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. rival... Well, anyway, it's not good. So. Yeah, so, oh, man, that was just a really good time. I had a great time talking with you about this. Man, it's one show, and we, we got a pretty... We got a lot of time out of it too, so yeah. I'm always get, I'm always a bit rambly slash mumbly at the end because I realise there's, there's nothing else for me to cover and I'm just like, oh, it's over. But yeah, uh, well, we'll talk about Star Trek, yeah. uh, you know, Strange New Worlds next time, folks. Okay. Oh so hell yeah. Be patient, all right. We'll get there. Damn straight, we will. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that. By the way, with you. Uh, but until then, uh, in Switchblade, we trust. Fuck you, Trent.